Thanks for listening to the news live on WBEZ and NPR. The WBEZ stream sounds great in the kitchen on your smart speaker and anywhere on the WBEZ app. Listen every day. What's up, Chicago? I'm Erin Allen, and this is The Rundown. A couple Fridays ago, I mentioned that WBEZ would be rolling out a guide to summer events in Chicago. And finally, the time has come. Summer 250 is here, and like a perfect beach day at your favorite spot on Lake Michigan, it is giving. Now, we all know the Windy City has plenty to do. There's food festivals, music festivals, art festivals, hikes, and of course, museums for those of us who prefer an air-conditioned summer. So why in a summertime shy would you need a guide? Well, to me, it's obvious. Most of the time, I feel like there's too much to do. It's overwhelming. There's three events in one weekend. Two of them are by my house, but an artist I love is playing across town. How do I decide? Or is that artist playing on another day at a venue that's closer to my house? The Summer 250 Guide, as in a comprehensive, curated, categorized guide to 250 things to do in Chicago, is a quick and easy way to answer questions like that without having to sift through unrelated Google results. And unlike Google, you can download it on your phone and use it offline. Cassie Walker-Burke is an editor at WBEZ, and she curated the content for Summer 250. Cassie, welcome back. Thank you. And Angela Podeski is a visual producer at WBEZ. She designed the product experience for Summer 250, and she also led the art direction for the project. Angela, welcome to The Rundown. Thanks for having me. Cassie, there are so many events going on in Chicago over the summer, and there are lists and guides all over the internet. Um, But depending on which circles you're in, you still might miss most of it. How did you get such a comprehensive list with Summer 250? Well, that's exactly what we found. We even asked ChatGPT, what do you do in Chicago in the summer? And we got a list. You can get a list. But you know what? A lot of times the lists feel overly broad, or maybe they feel too geared to a particular neighborhood or a particular area of the city. What we wanted to do was take a really broad look at the city and really the region. We have some great events in the suburbs and, and pick out the best things for you know, young folks, for people with families, for older people. And what we did is we built into the guide ways that you can sort through and find exactly what you're looking for. And so how do we do that? We hired a great writer, Lee and Greco, and she contacted aldermen, community organizations. Mm-hmm. We also went back to, we did a summer guide last year, a, a more abbreviated version. We went back to that guide. We went to our spring culture guides. We talked to theater organizers and all kinds of people in the art scene, what their picks are. And so we really tapped a large group Mm. of people to pull together this list of recommendations. Wow. Takes a village to know what's going on in the village. So, Angela, break it break it down for us. Tell, Tell me about the user experience. What are we getting top level? How does the app work? So the way that the app works is, and we keep calling it an app, but essentially it's just all going to be online on a web page with the ability to sort of save it to your uh, iPhone or Android device. And then you can enter this giant database of 250 and and counting (laughs) events that you can filter through. And uh, some of the categories that we came up with were neighborhood fun, arts and culture, 
uh, workshops and workouts, and outdoor concerts. And so you can sort of use these categories as a starting point. You can select uh, one or all. (laughs) And Hmm. you can also narrow down on just the free events and those that are family friendly as well. And another feature that you can expect to see in the app is the option to actually save these events in the guide to your own, uh, you know, itinerary calendar and then send them to your uh, Google calendar or whatever, you know, calendar you're using. And you'll be able to share this with friends so they can uh, see if they'd like to join you for any of these events. That's exciting. I love when you can save things to your personal calendar because I will forget. <laughs> so if I could just send it right over, make sure I don't forget. And then, you know, that takes care of that FOMO. Um, Cassie, I wanted to ask you about those four categories. I know that you were doing a lot of the curation. How did you narrow all these 200 and counting, <laughs> as Angela said, events down to just four buckets? It was tough, but we actually started with our summer guide from last year and looked at what people responded to. What were the stories people were really interested in? So these four categories, it's outdoor concerts. There's so many great concerts underneath the stars in all kinds of places in the city. So that's one, the arts. So those are plays in the park, dance companies, dance performances, arts shows, neighborhood fests and fun. We all know Chicago is a city of the neighborhood street fest in the summer. And so we picked, we don't have every single one. This is not exhaustive. (laughs) But these are, we feel like we've picked and curated a list of really some of the most interesting and unique and also some of the bigger players. And then the last one is actually a new category for us, which I'm super excited about, but it is workshops and workouts. You know, you can actually go to a bonsai club at the Garfield Park Conservatory and learn how to like prune those little bonsai trees oh um you can go to bonsai like the plant (laughs) okay i mean amazing right or there's an astronomer series this is definitely on my calendar for the summer there's an astronomer series at night using this massive telescope up at northwestern and you can hang out with astronomers at nighttime and look at the stars i mean this is amazing um there's also a biking series where maybe you are a child or an adult and you would like to get better at biking like cycling Uh there's a series of biking lessons you can take and so really thinking about the city as a place that despite all of its annoyances the potholes the things (laughs) that really make us crazy um there's so many great opportunities to learn and explore in the city and we really put that first and foremost this year when designing the guide yeah I'm sensing a nighttime theme, Cassie. Um, it's It sounds like you're, like, excited to get into these evening events. Well, you know, some of us are still working this summer. <laughs> um, maybe not my kids, but there's there are day and night events. And, you know, another part of the guide that I'm excited to talk about is our text message. So this year you can actually text SUMMER to 312-312 and get a weekly text message with just the best three or four picks that week. Mm. That's it. So easy peasy. And I think that this is really great for people on the go. Maybe you have friends in town. Maybe you're just looking to do something different that weekend that you wouldn't necessarily look for. And so I think that's a really cool component, too. Yeah. Angela, what are some of the ways that you've been thinking about design so that it appeals to younger adults as well and younger people? So as a proud member of Gen Z, um, (laughs) I grew up on the Internet and my tolerance for digital products that are inaccessible is extremely low. Mm. Um, And I think a lot of my friends share that as well. And so if a product isn't easy to use and not well designed, it makes me do like extra work just to use it. I likely won't be going back to it. 
And, you know, thinking about this from a a public media, public service uh, perspective, my goal is always to make things accessible and meet uh, folks where they're at. So I really wanted to tap into this need to have a product that is quick and easy to use. Mm -hmm. Um, And then also the the sharing features. Uh, This is something that I feel like my generation particularly uh, uses. My thinking is always like, okay, how do I share this with my friends? How do I show this to my network? And so building this into the app. So again, people have to do less and less work to actually get the most out of the experience uh, was something that was super important to me. And gearing it toward that, as you say, Gen Z um, kind of audience, um, even still the look and feel of the app is still familiar, even kind of nostalgic. Can you talk about what you wanted the design of the app to give off for users? So one of my favorite like details about Chicago's urban landscape are the hand-painted signs you see in the windows of mom-and-pop grocery stores. Mm. And I love how you can spot them in most neighborhoods. They're vibrant, they're authentic, and they feel very of the city to me. And this is what I wanted Summer 250 to feel like. Um, vibrant, authentic, and of the city. Yeah. Uh, so... The art direction and the design really take bits and pieces from these signs that we see every day that are not pretentious, very far from sort of like the minimalism trends that have uh, taken over the web (laughs) over the past 10 years, Uh, because I wanted it to feel friendly. Like this, this app is about getting out into the city, building community, trying to make these connections. And so I didn't want it to feel pretentious. I wanted it to feel like hey, this is, uh, this is your starting point for the summer. Um, Cassie, there are a lot of cultural series also going on this summer. Which ones really stand out to you? I love music. And so the Millennium Park Sound series is a regular series in Millennium Park. You can take your picnic. You can listen to music. And that's really great. That is a staple of the Chicago summer. And it is definitely in our guide. But there are also some kind of offbeat music series. And one of the ones (laughs) that I'm excited about is called Experimental Sound Studio. And it's actually in the back garden of a sound studio up in Edgewater. And you can roll up on Sunday afternoons at 3 o'clock. And you can hear musicians. And it's often in the jazz or experimental music sphere. But they will play, they'll work through their compositions, they'll talk with the audience about their thinking. These are generally compositions that are in progress. But to me, that sort of thing is really exciting because, again, breaking down this idea of culture unfolding on a stage and the audience watching and there being no interaction, I think this summer and when you find these sorts of offbeat things are really great ways to talk to practitioners, talk to artists, talk to astronomers, you know, (laughs) about what they do and, and really be able to answer your questions and see just the wealth of talent we have in this region. I think that's really neat. Yeah, I love I love a nice breaking of the the fourth wall. Um, can you talk about some of the multi-generational components here? Um, I know one of the filters is for family events. Cassie, I know you're a parent. Why was it important to make that designation? I think this designation feels really important in the city in this moment, in particular when we're talking about, for example, teenagers gathering in large groups and and what do they do? I mean, we have in this guide, the filter is family friendly. And so these are events that anybody can go to, but that in particular, 
young children or even older tweens or teens can go to. And I think that feels really important right now to have spaces that celebrate kids, that are open for kids and for families. So much about living in the city can be hard as a parent. Um, Don't even get me started about summer camp. (laughs) And so I think just trying to find places that families can enjoy and, again, interact with the best the city and the region has to offer feels really important. Another thing that feels important for us right now are events that are free. Yeah. Not everything in the guide is free, but we do have a filter that if that is what you're looking for, it will show you just free events. And right now with everything being so expensive, um, I feel like that it feels like a really important part of what we can offer with this guide. You're talking about community and, and making those connections. I really want to lean into that. Um, is there more you would say about that as a as a kind of an overarching theme for Summer 250? So, yeah, I um, I think that facilitating like finding events outside of your neighborhood and outside of your social bubble was very important to me when I was thinking about this project. You know, a lot of folks find things to do on TikTok, but you're still very limited by what this algorithm is serving you and like what it thinks that you want. Mm. And we're sort of doing the opposite where we're showing you a curated snapshot of everything that's going on in the city this summer, but still leaving some room for personalization. And so it's going to force you to get out of your bubble, explore different neighborhoods that maybe you wouldn't otherwise, uh, hear about things that your friends uh, might not know about, and you can expose them to it. So the idea is to like make connections across all the different sides of the city and make it easy for people to do so because so many times like what you see online is sort of uh what you're limited by in your you know uh offline life as well Mm. and so the idea with this was like okay how do we how do we eliminate these barriers that are created by digital products and digital content uh so that you can get the most out of the summer Angela Padeski is a visual producer here at WBEZ, and she designed the product experience for Summer 250. Angela also led the art direction for the project. Angela, thank you. Thank you so much. Cassie Walker-Burke is an editor at WBEZ, and she curated the content for Summer 250. Cassie, thank you. Thank you. You can find the Summer 250 Guide right now at wbez.org slash summer. And there's going to be more, like that build-your-own calendar feature, some ways to actually map out your plans for summer based on location, and, of course, more feature stories from WBEZ that dive deeper into some of these events and experiences. And that's it for today. Thank you to Justin Bull, Sarah Stark, and Lauren Frost for producing The Rundown, and to Ariel Van Cleve for editing the show. Haley Bloomquist was the engineer for this episode, and our theme music is by Louis Weeks. I'm Erin Allen. Thank you for listening. Have a great weekend. I'll talk to you on Monday. Mm-hmm.